0: sing I'm oh, so glad you are here. And for those of you that are visiting for the first time, in your bulletins you would have a QR code or if you have you can give your information to Miss Pam, Miss Faye. But welcome. So take this opportunity to greet people around you that you don't know, haven't met before and enjoy your time. God bless. Time again,
1: you have proven you do just what you said. Yeah. So- yeah. the may. Sure.
0: A wonderful opportunity to have the opportunity to serve and not many churches I've been a part of do you get to serve at this age things have to be vetted people would have to nominate you but very rarely do you have a group of students step out like this and serve and teach a Sunday school and lead as a group as they've done so we praise God but they're not doing it for themselves they freely gave of themselves and I want to praise God for them and I would encourage you this is a a time of service from here to right back there to the classroom we see service unto God much much like our Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for us. Let me read um, a portion from Scripture, but before I do that, um, just give you a layout of what's happening next. Um, Time of testimony is so important, and our very own Isabella is going to share with you how the Lord is very much at work within her. And I want you to see this as an encouraging time. I want you to feel blessed by how the Lord has worked in her life. And I want you to reflect in your life how the Lord has worked. After that, Rebecca is going to share with us in song of the, of the goodness of God with this great song, He Will Hold Me Fast. And then, Lord willing, our brother Tim Roth will share the word with us. And so I want you to just know that this is a great time to praise God. So let me read from Psalm 71, verse 22. It says, I will also praise you with the harp for your faithfulness, O my God. I will sing praises to you with the lyre, O Holy One of Israel. My lips will shout for joy when I sing praises to you, my soul also, which you have redeemed. And my tongue will talk of your righteous help all the day long.
2: Good morning. For those of you that don't know me, my name is Isabella Mazden. And I know a lot of you heard my testimony last year when I shared on Youth Sunday. But um, some things have happened this year. And I just felt like the Lord was telling me to share with y'all a big part of my testimony that I had not shared with many people. So, that being said, um... I've grown up in a Christian family my entire life. I always went to church. I was active in church. I did all the programs, activities. Um, I wasn't Christian yet, though, and I thought that going to church every week and just being at church was good enough, and it wasn't. So I got saved when I was in second grade. I got in trouble, and uh, we talked about Jonah and how God told Jonah to go and he went the opposite direction that God told him to go I was fleeing from God and I wasn't going the direction I was told to go so um I realized that night that I was a sinner I needed God in my life I needed God as my savior and I got saved that night um I still need God in my life so (sighs) once I accepted God um I started viewing things differently. I was still young in my faith, but I definitely noticed um, changes. I was, um, I read my Bible more, but I I still wasn't, I knew I was saved, and I understood the concept, but I realized something was still, I don't know, I something was still missing. I needed God, and I, I didn't know what, I didn't know what to do. I was in a rough place. So, I, in sixth grade, I was distracted from God. I didn't fit in anywhere. I was bullied quite often. I was tired of being excluded. I always had an attitude. I wasn't. Um, I wasn't the best person in sixth grade, but. I had had suicidal thoughts for a while, and I tried <laughs> I tried that. I acted on my thoughts. But little did I know at the time that God had a better plan for me. So as a human, we're all going to stumble. We're all going to fall. But with God as your Savior, he will not let you fall far, and he will bring you back up. He won't, like, he's not going to let you leave him. Once you're saved, you're always saved. But once you're saved, you have to keep following in your Christian walk with the Lord. You can't just be saved and not do anything. So um, one of of my favorite verses is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. And in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. He will bring you back to the path that you need to be on if you stumble. And he's not going to let you fall far. So, God got me through that. After I got through that, I was doing a lot better. I got older. I kept seeing God's work in my life. I wasn't—I still wasn't the best mentally, but I didn't have those thoughts anymore. Fast forward to this year. This year was a hard year for me. My first year in high school first year and different activities. Marching band was my main activity. Um, I was very overwhelmed. I didn't go into high school with very many friends from school. Um, So I was excited. I was overwhelmed. I was ready to make friends. I thought this was gonna be a good experience for me which marching band was a good experience but the people weren't I like hanging out with Christians as for good influences in my life, and they just aren't the best influences. So I got into a couple of friendships too fast. I didn't need to be in. Um, It was a lot of drama. There still is drama with those same people, but I started getting really mad at myself. For getting in those friendships and I felt guilty and I was fleeing from God and I was distracted so I started hurting myself and um, I started having thoughts again not to take my life but I didn't want to be here anymore and I just kind of shut myself down for a little bit. Um, thankfully I got the privilege of talking to Pastor Lou Ms. Sherry, and we talked about taking your thoughts captive and how um, Paul Paul persecuted Christians before he became a Christian. And yes, I'm going to be persecuted for being a Christian. Yes, there are going to be people that don't want to be my friend or don't like me because I'm a Christian, but I can't let that affect my Christian walk. And I can't let that affect the people that influence me, the people that I influence. And so 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So when I have thoughts like that, if any of y'all have thoughts like that, you have to take those thoughts captive. Don't act on those thoughts. We're human. We're imperfect. We're going to have thoughts like that. But not acting on those thoughts is the main key to getting you through that. So the enemy knows our weak spots, and he seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. And so when you act on those thoughts, the enemy finds that. The enemy can see that, and he's going to try to get to you through that. But with God as your Savior, you can't let the enemy get to you. You have to cling to the gospel, and the word of Christ. So I just want to say from that that I'm very blessed to have y'all as my church family. Y'all have been here through me. Y'all have helped me grow. And with this stage in my life, I've had three very important people in my life. I've had Joey, Landon, and Rebecca. Those have been the three main people in my life who have, like, helped lead me, shared Bible verses with me, prayed for me, talked with me. And so I just want to tell y'all thank you. I want to tell the rest of y'all thank you as my church family for um, just leading me and guiding me in the right path. Because I've been here a while and y'all have all made an impact on my life. And I just want to thank y'all for that. So with y'all's help, I've been able to serve in church and I've very much enjoyed it. And yes, I'm still growing. We all are. We all have improvements to make and we all have none none of us are perfect we will never be perfect but you can improve and you can get better and I just I just want to thank y'all so much for being here for me and for praying for me and guiding me on the right path so thank you for listening Before I get started, I just want to tell you um, that the song I'm singing is called He Will Hold Me Fast, and it's a song that um, I don't know how many people know it, but um, you might have heard different versions of it, but it is um, a song I really love. It just talks about how through everything going on in this world, um, Christ is here to hold forever, and so as I sing this song, feel free to sing it if you know it or just listen um, but just to, um, as we sing, just remember that through everything, uh, Christ will hold you fast.
3: He will hold me fast. Some of you need to be reminded of that. Our faith at times wavers. We go through ups and downs. But in the midst of that, the mountaintops and the valleys, He holds us fast. In just a moment, uh, Luke Johnson is going to come and read Scripture. And then after that, Mr. Tim Roth is going to come and open God's Word. Before we do that, I want to pray. Before we pray... We want to, at this time, dismiss our children to children's church. So we got our pre-K, and then we got our kindergarten through second. So you all make your way out to children's church. We'll give you a moment to kind of transition. Okay, you can go on. Okay, you can go on. Take it with you. It's okay. All right. They're making their way out to children's church. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, as we were singing just a little bit ago, Lord, I was just overcome. So many different emotions. Joy, gratitude, thankfulness. God, for your goodness, for the promises that we sang about, you are a faithful God. We've just been reminded, God, that you indeed will hold us fast. But I'm thankful for these students who have been using their gifts and their talents this morning through Sunday school, through the praise team, through singing. Lord, their willingness to be vulnerable, to put themselves in a position that many of us even as adults would not be comfortable with, teaching or sharing our testimony, even, Father, maybe the parts of our story that that are hard to share that maybe we're not the most proud of, but yet they're part of our story. As a reminder, God, that, that our salvation is not based upon our righteousness or our goodness. May we plead the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for this church, Father, who allows this, encourages this to happen. We're not trying to push our children and our students in just a separate part of, of this building, and just say, Hey, do your thing, but don't impede upon us. But no, Father, we welcome this. We encourage this. Already hearing the adults encourage the students after Sunday school. So thank you, Father, for what has already happened up to this point. Thank you again for the praise team. Thank you for Isabella's willingness to share her story for Rebecca using her gifts. And Father, now we pray. We pray for Luke as he comes and as he reads. Your very words, the scripture, preparing our hearts for the message and then for Tim as he comes, as he opens the word of God, as he stands behind this pulpit, declaring thus saith the Lord, Father, give him boldness, give him confidence, spirit of the living God, empower him and use him. And as I pray weekly, that what would happen this morning would result in your glory, glory to you, God, joy to your people And salvation of the lost. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hi, Luke.
4: Uh, Please open your Bibles to Daniel 6 7 through 12. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce a decree. that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except for you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered, in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed.
5: morning. Morning, morning. Um, I just want to start by um (coughs) saying thank you to the praise band and Luke for reading that verse. Um, It's been a good morning, hasn't it? Anyways, um, so Luke read from Daniel uh, chapter six, but uh, I'm going to be mainly starting in Daniel chapter one. So if you'd like to turn over there, um, that's where we're going to start out and then we'll work our way to Daniel six. Um, I just want to say thank you for Pastor Aaron and Pastor Gary uh, for uh, helping me prepare for this and just um, um, giving me courage to come up here and do this. Um, anyways, so to give you some background on the story of Daniel, we have to go back a little bit. So the kingdom kingdom of Israel, which was david's kingdom, I mean originally Saul and then David, was eventually after king, after king came, and they were all very ungodly kings, and God was very displeased, knowing so it was his nation, and his nation was being continually ungodly towards him, and so he eventually split the kingdoms to the northern and southern kingdoms, and the southern kingdom is where we're going to be talking about. It was where Daniel lived, land of Judah, and uh, eventually, as if you get to, if you go into chapter one, it starts out with the land being overthrown by King Nebuchadnezzar, the Babylonian Empire. Now, the, an interesting thing about King Nebuchadnezzar, he was considered at his time to be king of the universe. It was, he had the most majestic, biggest empire to the world at that time. And so, he was coming and taking over this land. And when he came over and took over this land, we're going to go ahead and start here in verse... We're going to start here in verse 6 about where he came. He wanted men to come into his service in the Babylonian Empire, and he wanted to take some from the land of Judah. And so in verse 6, it says, Among some were some from Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief priests gave them new names to Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself. So what, what exactly is this exactly? I think it's, it's much more um, being a Jew from the land of Judah. You had a certain code that you were to follow in not eating ungodly meat and drinking of wine. And so when Daniel gets to this new land and be in the king's service, he was going to be fed of this ungodly meat and wine. And Daniel... Being a, a god-fearing man, he said no, which is a, a testament to Daniel at a. I mean, what we can only guess is in a young age, because that is what the requirements were to be taken into the king's service to be a young, um, good man. So he's a young man, and he's already standing for his faith. I think it's very interesting. At the beginning of verse eight, it says, "But Daniel." It reminds me a lot of some of the as you get later into some of Paul's writings. The but God's statement. A lot like Romans 8, but God demonstrated his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's, a, it's, like, it's like fine print. It's like this was going to happen, but somebody did something different. Daniel did that something different. He stood up for himself and for his God, and it very much helped him in, for the rest of his life. Um, moving on, if you go to verse 9, it says, Now God had caused the official to show favor and sympathy to Daniel. This is, this is God. Daniel stood up for God, and God is helping him through this. So, anyways, the story would go, if you go into verses 14 and 15, they would be tested for 10 days. He does not want to eat this meat. He decides to eat vegetables. Now, just me being completely honest here, if you give me a choice between bacon and vegetables... I'm going to take the bacon every time. Now, it's not, it's not bacon exactly, but essentially that's what it would be nowadays. And I'm going to take the bacon. But because he stood for this, he was blessed, him and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, if you read in verse 17, to these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kind. Now, this that might just seem like a little understatement under the verse, but it really would shape Daniel's life as he would go into the kingdom of Babylon, God being with him and giving him these powers. Now, something you always have to remember whenever you're talking about these Old Testament prophets and stuff is that they were just normal human beings, just like you and me, flesh and bone, nothing special about them, except that they knew God and they followed him, and because of that, God blessed them. And that's what we're seeing here in verse 17. And so, he doing this, giving this be given, being given this knowledge, God, through King Nebuchadnezzar, allowed them to be placed in high authority. And as we go, as we continue on, it starts to make an impact immediately. So Daniel's in this high position. King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream. As you go into verse 2, um, go to verse 46, um, At the beginning of chapter 2, it talks about the story of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream of the statue and how the different statue had different elements for each part of it and how it all represented different things. And so, in and through that, um, he said that his kingdom would fall and then different lines would follow that. And Daniel, through God, always giving God the glory, was able to tell Nebuchadnezzar this dream. And as if you read in verse 46, then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. And the king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries. For you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all the wise men. So here you have Daniel. He obeyed in the small thing, the not eating of the ungodly meat. And this is already, he's been rewarded, and now he's being rewarded by the king of, Neb- of King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of the universe, the known universe at that time. One of the most powerful, the most powerful man in the world at this time is now placing him in very high authority. So eventually, as the story goes, King Nebuchadnezzar, he, is, he becomes a follower of Jesus, but eventually he becomes cold to this. He no longer respects this. He no longer is fearing God, and he kind of turns away. And after some time, he goes into the wilderness and just is no longer king. And eventually he dies, and his son comes to power, King Belshazzar. And once again, Daniel, being with God, finds favor in this new king, um, of course, if you know the story of Daniel, he goes. There's a handwriting on the wall, and it tells him that the Babylon Empire is going to fall. Daniel comes to the king and tells him what this means, and once again, Daniel is placed in very high regard to the king and placed in another po- position of power. So now we get into where we're at here in chapter six. That was pretty much just all foreground. Now we're going to get into the main story of where I want to take us through. Um, in Chapter Six, so the story goes handwriting on the wall, Babylonian Empire overthrown by the Medes and the Persians. So Daniel, the young man, following God, did what he said in the little things, and he was to be rewarded for very great things to come, and just always always being a light for God, always showing God that there could be better that that, that he is always following God and that God is the best. So, as we get into this new empire, at the beginning of chapter 6, it says, It pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities. That the king planned to set him over the entire kingdom. This is and this is this is like the best resume you can have right here. You are you are placed highly regarded in the last two kings of this incredibly powerful empire, and now a new king comes in, and you are still showing the same diligence, and he was about to be put over the entire kingdom. This this was He was going to be King Darius and Daniel, like at the top, and then everybody else. And, of course, being a follower of Christ, doing this, he was going to be persecuted against. In verse 4, In this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was a trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said... We will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So pretty much what happens here. Daniel, highly regarded in the king's eyes, and people that are at the same level and just a little bit below Daniel become jealous of him. And want to dethrone Daniel. I think of a verse um, uh, in First Peter chapter 4, 14. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. So Daniel is now being, is about to be, you know, they can't find anything against him. These satraps and administrators, they start this club, you could say, to try to overthrow Daniel. And of course, they have, they have no, they can find nothing wrong with him because he is faithful to his God. And they finally come up with this plan that they're going to overthrow him through the king, and decreeing this. So the story goes, as Luke read, they come to Darius and say, how about you make a law that no one else can praise anyone except you, O king. And of course, Darius, being the human being that he is, wants people to praise him. I mean, naturally, he wants to be praised because he doesn't doesn't know God and how powerful he is and how good he is. But, and of course, at this moment, he forgets about Daniel. Daniel loving his God, and but the king falls victim to this. And I just think it's very much a testament to Daniel what happens after the king makes this decree. Verse ten, this is this is the this is the big verse. This is what you should take home. If you take anything, listen to the first verse. Verse ten. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room, where the windows opened, toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. So, just notice some things about this verse here. Daniel knows about the decree. He knows that if he gets caught, which he inevitably will, because he open, his windows are open for everyone to see, he knows that if he goes and do, does this, he could be punished. He could be killed. But Daniel is faithful. And that is something that I feel like we need to think about, because in our world, Christianity is no longer popular. It is no longer... The cool thing to do. Being, Christ, being a Christian is like weird now, but we have to stand firm in being bold in our faith. I think of uh, the, uh, in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, in the same way, let your light show, so shine before men that they will see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Daniel is a great representation of that, those words of Jesus, that he was the light in the darkness. He was the lone bright spot in this dark, ungodly kingdom. Sweating up here. (laughs) You know why you see those preachers on TV, man. (laughs) Always sweating. Got the power of God and Old Spice on me right now. But anyways... moving along. Uh, he, went, he, went, he was being this light. He was being different. He was showing and proving to God that he was doing God's will. He was standing up for his faith, and that's, there's not a lot of that anymore. We as a church need to stand up, because there's a time that m- maybe Christianity will be banned. We don't know. Being, coming to church, reading your Bible, that could be a thing, and it's whether we are willing to stand up for it or not. Are we willing to go To death for the word of Jesus, and I just think that's something that we need to hear and something we need to talk about more. That if something does happen, that we are willing to come to church and praise God no matter the consequences, and that's exactly what Daniel did. So Daniel goes and does this, just as he had done before. So then, in verse 11, the inevitable happens. The men came as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about the royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days anyone who prays to any god or man except you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, The decree stands in according to the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Now what exactly does that last part mean? In in according to the law of the Medes and the Persians? Pretty much what happened was when a law was to be passed, the king had a signet ring. It was very important that if he put this ring on this law, that it was permanent. No one could change this law. Until it had passed. Not even the king. The king could not override this law. The law was to be done no matter what. No circumstances could change this. And that's unfortunately what does happen to Daniel. So he is taken. But I think it's, more, it's very more important that if you look in verse 11, how often do we go to God first? If you, if you look at it, he was asking God for help. At the end of verse 11, it says he was asking God for help. How often is God the first person that we go to? We go to friends, we go to pastors, we go to, we go to anything that you think of that you would go to first for help. You go to the internet, that, that's a big help. Um, <laughs> but like anything, but then it's like, oh yeah, maybe I should go to God. But maybe, maybe if we had a different mindset that if we went to God first, Maybe, maybe things would be different. Maybe we would be blessed. You know, it was, it's, just, it's a testament to Daniel that this was his first thought. Of course, he didn't have the internet. but So, as we move right along, we get into uh, verse 14. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him the men went as a group and to the king and said to him, remember, O king, that according to the law of Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you continually serve, rescue you. So this is just a testament to Daniel. Once again, he is standing up, and he's making an effect on others. Going back, like what I said in let your light so shine for others that they will see your good deeds and glorify your God in heaven. That is is what Daniel's doing. He's living out that word before that word was even spoken. He is a, Daniel is, no, Daniel is not Jesus. Daniel, like I said, is a normal guy like you and me. But there are correlations that point to Jesus. Daniel was a major prophet, and because of his faith, he is highly regarded in the kingdom of God. If you look in the book of Ezekiel, which I'm not going to go there, but if you want to look that up on your own, he is, he is considered in a group with those like Noah and Job, two great men of faith in the Bible who stuck out and lost almost everything. And Daniel is grouped with them, so you know that the Testament of Daniel is very good to be grouped with those two. So Daniel was, brought, was thrown into the den of the lions, and he survives. God gives him faith. It says that the king was up all night, He did not eat. He did not sleep. He did not even have anything to entertain himself. He was up all night and just worried about Daniel because Daniel made an impact on him. Something special that uh, I was given by one of my neighbors one time, something you might not know about me, is I'm a huge NASCAR fan. It's just one of my, it's just one of my all-time favorite things. Every Sunday or Saturday night, just go watch the NASCAR race. It's just one of my favorite things to do. I just love the thrill of the engines roaring and the crowd cheering. It's just awesome. It'll get your heart pumping, man. That stuff's awesome. Uh, anyway, uh, my neighbor, this was probably like 12 years ago he did this. He was at a race in Atlanta, and he was in the pits and, uh, during the race. And one of the team owners, his name's Joe Gibbs. You might know him from coaching NFL football many years ago. But he owns a very successful NASCAR team. And something that was very important was... Uh, while my neighbor, his name was Mr. Larry, he was going, and he, w- he was going to use the bathroom, and as he was walking there, he ran into, as they call him, Coach, G- Coach Gibbs, and, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting, he was like, oh, man, that's Coach Gibbs, I gotta go say hi, so he we went up to him, and he said, hi, Mr. Gibbs, how are you doing? He said, and Coach Gibbs, he said to him, uh, I'm doing great, and the first thing Coach Gibbs told him, he was like, he asked him his name, he's like, Larry, do you know Jesus, and Larry, it took, him, it took him back for a minute. He was like, yes, sir, I do. He's my Lord and Savior. And, and Coach Gibbs said, that you know what? That is just a great thing. It is a great day today because the Lord is in heaven. There's something along those lines. But anyways, he, uh, he reached into his pocket and he pulled this out. Uh, he signed it to Larry. Um, but this is just something I have, uh, big NASCAR collector. And this is just like, something very cool. It's a track about how to learn about the gospel. But uh, Coach Gibbs, that was just something very important that uh, my neighbor told me. That it was like the first thing, the most important thing you can know is that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And just being that light in a dark world. That he is <laughs> a very successful NFL coach and a very successful NASCAR team owner. But yet he takes the time to go up to a fan and say this, like spreading the gospel in his environment. Just, that's just a testament and that's just something that I, I love about it. Um, But as we get into it Daniel Verse 19 At first light of dawn the king got up And hurried to the lion's den When he came near the den he calls to Daniel In an anguished voice Daniel servant of the living God Has your God whom you serve continually Been able to rescue you from the lions Daniel the first thing he says O king live forever This is just incredible Daniel was thrown in a lion's den to die He was going to be dead He was going to die, but still, the first thing that he says when he gets out of there, he's in reverence to the king, King Darius, and in reverence to God. If you read in verse 22, My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me, because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I done any wrong before you, O king. He was doing something different. He was being the light to the world, and God protected him because of that. God knew that Daniel was doing the right thing, even though God's word and law is more important than any earthly law that can be placed. That's something you have to remember. Even if the worldly law of the United States says that we can't come to church and read our Bible, you still should read your Bible and come to church because it's what the Bible says. The Bible is our law. That's what we should. Not saying that you should go out and break every single law. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. God says to follow authority in accordance to his word. So, as long as the laws of the world line up with our Bible, then we are to follow them. Daniel's effect on others. As we get into it, I mean, in verse 23, the king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted out of the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den, along with their wives and children. Before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. So they're saying that, like, you'll hear sometimes an argument like, oh, the lions just weren't hungry. Well, clearly that is false. (laughs) Because it says the people were thrown in and hadn't even hit the ground when they got eaten. Uh, So, clearly God had something to do with this. And Daniel very much proclaims that in verse 22, which is very, very interesting for him to say. So, always giving reverence and authority to the, his authority over him in the real world and his God in heaven. And ultimately, this changes the kingdom of the Medes and the Persians. Then King Darius wrote to all the peoples, this is in verse 25, peoples, nations, and men of every language throughout the land, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. That is just a testament to Daniel, to God. He, so he obeyed in that very small thing. If you turn over into Luke 16, verse 10, it says something very interesting. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. That's, uh, that's the beginning of verse 10 in, chapter, in Luke chapter 16. I just think that's very much a testament to Daniel that he was trusted in that little thing and obeying and not eating the ungodly meat. And he was put to this much greater test of standing up for his faith and praying and not doing what the world said. And he was rewarded greatly. Those who can be trusted with very little can do much. And that's what Daniel did here. Um, as we start to boil this down to a point How There's always something important you want to do whenever you were talking to pastor gary was telling me this How can you point this to jesus? I think there are some very good correlations of how you can point the story of daniel to jesus again Daniel is not jesus He is just a very good representation of how to be a good christian and how to follow god uh, something that it reminds me if you look in verse 16 So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him in the lion's den. It doesn't say anything about Daniel saying anything, rebelling, kicking, screaming, whatever you want to say. He didn't do anything, and that reminds me a lot from Mark chapter 15, verse 5. I'm going to start in verse 4. So again, Pilate asked him, aren't you going to answer? See how many things these people are accusing you of. Verse 5, but Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. This was the testament. Daniel, being that Old Testament representation of Jesus, he was going to die. He was going to be put to death. Daniel, it doesn't say that he says anything, just as Jesus didn't say anything. And this amazed Pilate who at this point was very powerful in his day in the Roman Empire. So I I think that just correlates very well that neither one were, they didn't say anything. They did not try to get out of it. Jesus could have easily called down angels and gotten out of being killed. But he didn't. He stood there and took it, just as Daniel did. Now, Daniel didn't die, which is just an even greater testament to God and his power. But then even, I think, another point is in Matthew 27, verse 54. This is after Jesus has died. He has just given up his last breath. And earthquakes and a bunch of other crazy things are happening in the city of Jerusalem. And this is what happens. When the centurion and those who were with him were guarding Jesus, saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Just like after Daniel was rescued, King Darius made a proclamation to the entire kingdom that Jesus, these people who were presumably not Christians before, but saw Jesus do a miracle or see God through Daniel have this great miracle, they believe and they share this testimony with others and they themselves become Christians. And that is, that is just something that is very important. Just being bold. It's one of the biggest things. The Christians don't have these days. Just being bold. Stand up for what is right. If you feel something, the Holy Spirit, in your heart, then you should act on that. That's why I'm here. I felt the Holy Spirit say that y- you need to come do this. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do it. <laughs> not going to argue with that. So just being bold. Standing up for what is right. And um, I'm just going to close with this, and then um, someone else is going to come up. All right. uh, I'm. You don't have to turn here, but um, Titus chapter three. I'm just going to leave you with these last marks. Daniel chapter three verse one. Remind the people to be subject to their rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility toward all men. At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Christ Jesus our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. So the main thing is, do you know Jesus? That's important. If you don't know that, that's step one. Step two, if you do know Jesus, sharing that, being bold in your faith, standing up for what is right, and telling others about him. That's all I have for you today. Um, So let's just go ahead and go to the word of prayer. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this wonderful day that I got to come up here and preach your word. You trusted me enough to come up here and gave me the words to speak because I know I couldn't have done it alone. And uh, I just thank you for Pastor Aaron and Pastor Gary putting this whole day together. And it was just a uh, wonderful time to come in your word and just hope us all to be bold and be good, better Christians, spreading the word about you. And if anyone doesn't know Jesus, that they will come to know him and that he will be their Lord and Savior. So I just thank you for this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
3: Could please stand with us?
1: In Christ alone.
3: say a word of thank you to Mr. Tim Roth. First, for listening to the Holy Spirit when he laid it upon your heart to come preach. So thank you, brother. Would you all let Tim express your gratitude to Tim? Thank you for opening the word, being faithful to preach the word, and is always pointing us to Jesus Christ. So thank you for that. Uh, I want to do two other things. First of all, would you just express your thanks to any of our students who served today. Would you let them know how much you appreciate them? I was going to say while you're standing, but you would go ahead and sit down. Most importantly, can we give God all the praise and glory for how good he is? So you'll, you'll see some students all around here uh, as you're making your way out if you will just man, just tell them thank you uh, just encourage them i uh, let them know how much you love them uh, appreciate them and but if you're looking for a church home but this doesn't start just when they're students most of these students minus my son and a couple others they've been at this church since they were a kid since they were little and they have been taught and loved on by these adults and and i believe that's a testament in their parents as well as to where they are so if you're looking for a church home like I'm not going to pretend to be the Spirit of God you go where the Spirit of God leaves you but I believe Northside is that place where your kids if you have kids students are going to be loved they're going to learn about Jesus Uh, just a couple of announcements before uh, we uh, finish with the benediction Um, we're not done with our student and, and our children we have our annual cake auction tonight which is a lot of fun a lot of fun we're going we're gonna to attempt to do this in the activity room, and we get it gets kind of crowded in there, but it is a lot of fun, a lot of fun. I got to do it last year. You do not want to miss this. We'll, we'll have some cakes that are going to go for quite a bit of money, so be prepared to bid, but we are also going to have a lot of smaller items, $5, $10, so if, if you maybe can't stay the whole time, but you want to come and just support our youth and our children who are going to camp just to get a some peanut butter balls or some little cheesecakes or something that the, the people are making, uh, you can do that. Of course, if you're able to stick around and throw out some of the money for some of those big ticket items as well, that goes to our, our youth and our children who are going to camp. Um, I sent out a, a newsletter yesterday through Realm. It's something I'm trying to do once a month to kind of help you know of other ways and, and another way to let you know what's going on. At the bottom of that newsletter article, and if you didn't get one through Realm, we have some copies out there is a way for you to to subscribe to receive text messages through the church. If there has to be a schedule change or if there's an urgent prayer need that we need you to pray for urgently, it'll come right to your phone and you can begin to pray. So that shows you and tells you how you can subscribe to that. Uh, One more thing, and we don't need a ton of people because too many people will make this difficult, but at the end of the service, we're going to take this cross down uh, because our children are doing a, a musical here uh, shortly in the next week and a half or two. And so we need this to be clear for them to practice. So a couple of you men, we're just going to literally lower it. David Madsen will help us there and then we're going to carry it. So if we give some of you strong men, youth, if you can come help just so two or three guys don't have to do it, uh, we would greatly appreciate that. All right, we're going to end our service. Um, if you'll stand, Toby Johnson is going to come and he's going to read a benediction for us. So our prayer is you will receive this benediction from scripture as you leave today.
4: All right. this is hebrews thirteen twenty 20-21 now may the god of peace who through the blood of jesus who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our lord jesus that great shepherd of the sheep equip you with everything good for doing his will and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through jesus christ to whom be glory god forever and ever amen